When you're deep in a dark dungeon and the cleric's down and dying And you've taken all the potions you had left And you feel like you are doomed because the demon you set loose is coming after you And you can smell its breath Don't ever give up Hello and welcome to the Road Point Exchange This is Adam, your host, and today I'm joined by Chris And Patrick And who's not joining us today, Chris? Well, I think Noah fell asleep on a dewdrop in the middle of an enchanted forest or something. <laughs> yes, pa- Patrick eloquently started that up in the, the chat beforehand. But yeah, so today it's just going to be us three. Patrick, thanks for joining us. It's the tall people. Look at the, the cat <laughs> who, is, who is sleeping on the bed next to me. So if you occasionally hear a, a light um, kind of nasally purr, that's... That's him. Oh. He's, the, he's, he's the new guest. He's the he's the new host. He's or Fran Drescher. I approve. Let, let's let's have more cats on this uh, podcast, Adam. Well, you didn't you just tell me before we started recording that a cat chewed on your mic? Yeah, a cat did chew on my mic. <laughs> uh, well, cats are good. I like cats. And speaking of cats, today we're going to be talking about Gen Con. So, <laughs> <laughs> because that's a good segue. Hey, it's it's a good segue as any. And well, as of the recording today, which is eight three two thousand seventeen, eight four, is it eight four? Fuck yeah! Fourth. I, I went back in time. It's, <laughs> it's the fourth for us. Is it it's the, the fifth, fifth for, for me? Ah, yeah, so it's the got, fifth for me. You just got ten days, and we have eleven mm-hmm. till Gen Con. And uh, you know what? In a way, Patrick. Because me and you are going, and we're just going to spend the next hour just, you know, oddly talking around Chris for a moment. Are you okay with that, Chris? Never, never. Uh, never. I, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to seeing all of our friends, uh, checking out all the new uh, products and so forth. I've got several events that I'm going to be taking part in, but not running or anything like that. But I don't know, man. It's kind of a hassle to get up there. Says a man who has to drive three and a half hours to get there. How's, how's things on your end, Patrick? Um, so let's see. Two weeks off work. A, uh, ooh, it's, it's, it's two flights, actually, because Indianapolis is not on any major international routes. Its main um, uh, virtue, I guess you could say, is that it's kind of close to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can move that through there. Although I'm actually taking an even more indirect route because I am six five, so I need a, like premium economy to get the extra legroom. And then the um, the airline were like, "Hey, how about we just like take away premium economy on that flight and not give you any money back?" I'm like, "Hey, how about you don't do that? You give me the legroom I need to not go insane for five hours." Uh, and wow! You, you route me through Georgia instead, uh, or something. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's not so bad on the way back. Oh God! So they're sending you to Atlanta instead of you know even Cincinnati. I've I mean, seen... for like three hours, you know. As I'll be yeah. I'm sure the inside of the airport is lovely. <laughs> it might have been North Carolina. Oh God! Well, you can wake oh. Noah up when he's when you're there. And the double check my trail Flanders itinerary. <laughs> so. So it sounds like, is this your big vacation of the year? Yeah, this is my, my big one of the year. And, and nothing like nothing wrong with 
GenCon itself or even with Indianapolis. I've had a good time there last time. But uh, four days isn't much of a vacation, so I, I try and staple another location oh. on there. Um, this year it's Providence. So after GenCon, I'll be flying to Providence, Rhode Island for a couple of days to do a, a like a Lovecraft walking tour. Oh, that's awesome. So just go around. Just stepping around racism. Yeah, just trying to avoid the mob. Huh. Well, you're in Rhode Island, so that's not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of a lot of build up here for Gen Con. You know, we registered. I mean, early spring. You put in, get your tickets, and that enters you into the infamous hotel lottery, which is one of the next big things that takes place. And the whole Gen Con process, which was in... I think lottery is a misleading term because it implies you can win. (laughs) I won one year. Like, last year I ended up like a block from the convention center. This year, no. How how did you do on the lottery? I I take it it didn't end well. This is my second year. The first year, like, I decided to go to Gen Con, like, relatively late in the process. Um, I'd, I'd just got into Kickstarters and saw a few things I really wanted to back that had, like, if you back at this level, come and chill with us at, at Gen Con. So I was like, oh, I haven't had anything planned for most of my days. I'll back at this level and then use that as justification for another expense, whatever. Um, so, yeah, like, when I got a, a, a hotel that was, like, 10 miles from the city, like, it was an Uber ride, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of deserve that. This year, I was like, okay, hotel registration is happening today. Um, sat down, got my, you know, thing in the, in the ticket, in the, uh, the lottery. Uh, everyone was like saying, you've got this window and it's like, it's not just they open it to everyone. It like at once, cause then the server breaks. So they like, your hotel time is like allotted to it, like a few hours or something like that. But anyway, yeah, planned around that, got that in there. And then I'm still about 10 miles away from the hotel, oh God. from the convention center. Yeah. It, it, it is the same distance basically. The previous year, like I said, I looked at the course. That's when they, you know, it was a free for all. You just tried to log in. I got my spot this time when I logged in and said, you know, you are going to be, you know, if I did this at noon or one o'clock, it said your time is at eight o'clock. So I knew I was pretty well host. Uh, one tip for those of you in the future that do this. If you are traveling with a large group of people, I recommend that you buy individual tickets for each and every person. So you have more than one chance at the lottery. I'm going solo this year. So I only had one chance and I kind of got screwed on that one as well. But I did luck out and found some friends, and I'm staying, you know, a block or two from the convention center. So, but next year when I do this, probably going to buy my wife a ticket. Well, I would take her anyway. It makes that sounds horrible, Chris. Oh, that's so nice of you, Adam. <laughs> Here, honey, you can have a ticket, but you know, I'll get her a separate one too. So at least I got two chances, and I'll bet. Let me take your ticket to the nerd shit you don't care about. <laughs> hey, she enjoyed the cosplay thing. That was entertaining for her. And I did some horrible things, but I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later on. Jesus. <laughs> so we did our event registration for Gen Con in June. Picked the, you know, 
these are the games that are running, you know, t- so much money for this, so much money for that, et cetera, et cetera, for the games. And that's pretty much the process. I think that's the last thing we had to do in order for, you know, before actually going to Gen Con itself. So, well, yeah, you can buy, you can buy tickets for specific events. So like a, a meetup or a panel or a this year, they might be giants playing. So you can buy tickets to, to go to a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also buy generic tickets, which are a lot cheaper. They're like $2 each. Yeah. Um, and those are mo- most events accept them, if I recall correctly. Most do, but I do remember it's kind of a fupa that, like, now, let me tell you how much of a dumbass I am. Chris, hold your tongue. Uh, when I did this last year, somehow I screwed up on panels because a lot of the events that you can go take place on, like, Say, you know, our, our PPR meetup or Ken and Robin talk about stuff or anything like that. They don't cost anything. So you can get there and walk through the door. All they ask for you to do is to register for the event. And when you get your tickets, you'll get, you know, a ticket for said event. You give it to the person running said event and then they can turn it into the fine folks at Gen Con and it justifies you know, them being a part of it, it helps, you know, ensure that the following, the, you know, following years that they can also, you know, continue to offer such services and stuff like that. Well, somehow I screwed that up. I don't know how. And I spent the entire time going to panels last year. I think it's really almost all I did except play Ump Wind. But I went to every panel and everybody's asking for tickets. And I didn't have them. So... I was almost ready to go out and buy generics, but apparently this is a very common occurrence. And Gen Con does not want you to pay for free panels with the $2 generic tickets. So, you know, Yeah, if, because it's more like then they're kind of charging for an event that's supposed to be free. Yeah. But I, I, that never really scanned for me because it means that the only way to gauge um, how popular an event is and how many people have attended it is how many people registered before the con, not how many people were in the room. Yeah, so why even so bother someone walks, yeah. Right, exactly. So if, like, if someone's walking past goes, uh, looks interesting, and I've got an hour to kill, and they stop in, and they give their ticket because they enjoyed it, Like that's not a faux pas, but that's a ticket that you know should be counted. I, I don't know. Yeah. The system... Events planning is weird and complicated, and it's a, an art in which I have no training, so I'm just here yelling at a, <laughs> yelling at the void. Same here, same here. So, Chris, was there anything confusing about the Gen Con process? That's, that's Gen Con in a nutshell. Sounds like a whole lot of bullshit. <laughs> nah. Well, the lottery is the thing that makes you curse and scream God, at God. And also, something else I noticed, the actual registering for the events. Patrick, when you registered, did you have much luck getting everything you wanted? Um, yeah, I have. Uh, so the concert had plenty of tickets. There's some meetups I'm going to. Uh, again, there's the, one thing I didn't get, which was um, there was going to be a Delta Green LARP, and I've never done LARP, but I was one of the guys who ordered a, a Delta Green uh, raincoat or, or windbreaker jacket. I thought, yeah, fuck it. Uh, yeah. I'll give it a try. Uh, and also Delta Green was one of the, the things I, I backed 
yeah. at the Come and Play with us at Gen Con last year thing. So like, there's, there's brand loyalty there. Uh, but unfortunately, those tickets all went. But as I say, there's there's a lot you can do for free or, or on generics. Yeah. Even if you don't get the specifics. So that's, yeah. Well, I was really discouraged when I originally signed up for everything. Because... I put in, I wanted, I just, this year I wanted to play games. Last year I did the panels. I play, I take it back. I, I played in two games last year. I did a Delta Green, one that Greg Sozi ran. And then at one of the RPPR panels, oh, help me, Upwind. Oh, with Jeff Barber. Yeah, oh, Jeff yeah. Barber, which, you know, we've interviewed him here and I've totally forgot his name zoned out, but Jeff Barber offered to run a game for people. And, uh, you know, we showed up, I showed up for it and took part in it. Enjoyed the games. That's what I decided to do this year. And when I registered for the games, I got absolutely none of them. Like everything I wanted completely sold out. And that was within the first hour of it. And I was very discouraged by the whole thing, but I've learned, and this is more food for thought for future Gen Con people. Just check throughout the day. People basically just put in for these events and hit submit. And they get the event or they don't get the event. In my case, I didn't get the event and people will go through and, you know, unsubs- like unsubscribe to said event or unsubscribe to said event. So, you know, you may not have an opportunity at that table then, but if you check back later that day or in a couple of days or something like that, there may have been an opening in that person's schedule. So yeah. this. Uh, or someone year, won't show up. Um, yeah. Or there's always open gaming, of course. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what, and, the, and when they don't show up, that's when you're actually going to be using your generic tickets. I'm not going to lie. Open gaming sounds like a nightmare to me. Uh, I think you got to know. A landmine that has yet to explode in my face, but <laughs> I am well aware of the possibility that it will one day. <laughs> I just, I just think about the game I played in of RuneQuest during pre-RPG day. Never again. Oh. <laughs> this is the point where you tell us that story, Chris. <laughs> Chris, oh, it, it's a, it's been on previous podcasts. Has <laughs> it? Okay. Yeah. He, he he went total grog. It went total grognard for Chris. So. Oh God, pure grognard. I should have realized this when I when I noticed that every single hit location had its own hit points. Mm-hmm. And when I uh, killed a liz- uh, I destroyed a lizard's arm. It kept coming. Oh Lord! Yeah, blood loss is no thing. Now, me as a narrativist gamer. <laughs> oh God! I was sitting here looking through my events right now. So far this year, Patrick and Chris, I am going to game wise. I wanted to. I've, I've got Nice Black Agents, and I've got the uh, Dracula supplement for it, but I've yet to play it. So I signed up for a game of the Van Helsing Letter. I also. Apparently, Pilgrim's a big theme for this year. I'm also signed up for a Time Watch game, which is actually going to be ran by the creator of the game. Nice. Kevin Culp. And let's see, as far as other games, I'm trying to see. Oh, yeah. I have a uh, Unknown Armies game, supposedly, but I'm not seeing it right now. That's kind of disturbing me, but yeah. Is that a uh, Stolzy game or? Yeah, yeah, it's a Stolzy game. He's running the new version of Unknown Armies. I actually had that game on Friday. So, all right, well, Adam, to uh, keep in 
like to keep in the uh, unknown army's ideal, you have to actually uh, shave some of Stolzi's hair and then send it to me. <laughs> I think Stolzi does martial arts. It may be judo or aikido. Do you know? Are you guys familiar with which martial arts Stolzi is using? Oh yeah, no, he has. It's he's judo. like a crazy black belt. I think it's judo, and I remember that because one of the reasons Caleb liked my judo Christian superhero so much. Um, in Better Angels was that he was like, oh, Stolzi, I, I don't know how Stolzi missed that, because that's Stolzi. Yeah, Stolzi is the judo Christian. He is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> I'm not going to fuck with a man with a black belt, Chris. <laughs> I don't think I've been in a fist fight since 1996. I'm a little rusty. I'll, I'll admit it. So, other than that, that's the big that's the big things that I'm going for. And all these events, even the Greg Stolzi one, I didn't get the first time around. So I was able to kind of go back, and luckily everything freed up. There's a couple of panels and so forth I'd like to go to. There's one on Delta Green. Are you, were you planning on going to that one as well, Patrick? I am. Yes, that's one I'm signed up for. There's uh, the meetups as well. Um, a lot of fan communities meeting up there. Uh, a lot of podcasts do live recordings, so like one shot uh, RPPR, obviously. Yeah, all sorts of things. I heard there was- Gonna be some sort of a book podcast that was that's gonna try to do a thing. Is it, I, don't, I don't even know. Without me, uh, are they? I, mean, real I don't sp- think we've even worked out who that would be doing that. You know, no. are, they, are they spiteful, Chris? I I wouldn't know. I'm not gonna be there. It's rough, man. This has turned out awkward. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> fucking. I know. Looking at the site, Adam, which are the Van Helsing loads are you going for? Because I can see a couple that are still open. I'm going to the one Saturday at 9 a.m. That would be... Uh, no, that, that's about to... an eye out on that one, maybe to free up. It's, uh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, yeah. that one's fine. I, I had a 7.30 game of Red Markets last time. I'm, I'm, I'm good with, with morning games. I'm going to let that pass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. You, yeah, if you haven't traveled so far away, does your hotel offer shuttle? Have you checked on that? Because I know a lot of the hotels, even if they are not within walking distance. I actually haven't checked, but I don't think it does. I'll, I'll double check. Those are pretty handy. So technically, here's something else I, I've mentioned in previous podcasts. Gen Con seems like miles upon miles of booths and merch and so <laughs> forth. It's just it's, it's overwhelming. I go into like overload when I go through Gen Con, just trying to look at everything. I feel like I don't see a damn thing, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a problem of like uh, of scale. You do sort of have to just break it down into quadrants and sectors. You know, you go into one of these event spaces that they could hold a decent sized airliner in, and it's like, well, I can't possibly process everything that's being thrown at me right now. There's people, there's cosplay, there's there's you know books and art and there's the you know at least part of your brain has to be dedicated to navigating through the crowd because you don't really want to make physical contact with people because who nerds? Oh um, yeah. And, Once but, again, yeah. there there is a neckbeard factor at Gen Con. Wasn't that bad last year that I went anyway? We we sort of jokingly played like spot the utilicilt, but <laughs> didn't have too many cringeworthy moments, at least none that were so cringeworthy that, you know, they see themselves into my memory. I didn't have too many myself. Mm. Of course, I just kind of ignore people, too. So mm. I, I've been told I have an eternal scale. So it's, it's really not that welcoming, I guess, when people walk up and, you know, want to talk to me or something like that. I don't know. So if you yeah, have... I'm help, sorry, Adam. You have resting hillbilly face. <laughs> Describe resting hillbilly face to me. Like, do I have, like, 
a straw hanging out of my mouth. Uh, it's like it's like resting bitch face, but with chaw. <laughs> Sir, I rip cotton, not tobacco leaves. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. You have resting vape face. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a cloud and a scale over top of it there. <laughs> so cotton. Oh God, let's go for a little bit of a survival guide. Because first off. I don't think nothing – if you haven't been before, nothing can really prepare you. I've had Noah tell me how to survive Gen Con. Well, shit, two or three days before Gen Con last year, I sat down with Noah. He was awake. And, you know, we recorded a brief episode where he literally told me all these survival tips that I needed to have. And I went up to Gen Con, and let me tell you, I, <laughs> I fucked it up, man. I did not do Gen Con well. First off, parking. Now, I'm I'm driving in. Patrick's doing mm-hmm. the cab, the cab thing. I you know, I went up on a fr- on a Wednesday, which is actually trade day. This is the secret fifth day, but there's really nothing open to the general public. You can't get into the vendor hall yeah, or anything it's, like that. It's will call and then like if you're in the industry there are events for you. Yeah. Or if you're an educator, and that's what I went up for just uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. They got some cool, they did some things on like the plays of thing and, you know, cool things like that to use in the classroom. So I decided to go up on a day I didn't have the hotel booked. Ended up saying a couple miles out, I had to drive in, no problem. Picked, my wife dropped me off, went to go see her family, came back, picked me up in the evening, cool beans, no problem. The actual day of Gen Con, we go to the hotel, try to check in and parking is absolutely full. So. Even if you're staying in the hotel, people that are going to Gen Con are going to that are not staying in the hotel are going to you're competing for those spots. So if you show up, you know Thursday, and you're thinking you're going to get a really super quick spot to park, you're not. I had to. It took. I think we had to go back in the evening to the hotel and finally get our car parked and checked in the hotel room just because it was impossible at that point in time. I did learn, and here's food for thought, and this is where I was a bastard last year, Patrick. Chris knows mm-hmm. this. The zoo is located real close. Oh, yes, and, I think I drove past it on my way out. Like, I, you would pass it on the way back to my hotel in Carmel. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's like five bucks a day for parking there. <laughs> so my wife, God love her heart, like we drove around for 30 or 40 minutes, maybe an hour, trying to find parking. Couldn't find it anywhere. And we drove by the zoo, and I go, oh, honey, look, the zoo. Well, dude, I had a a four-year-old and a one-year-old in the back of the car. So my daughter immediately starts going, mommy, mommy, I want to go to the zoo. I want to go to the zoo. And she pulls over, parks at the zoo, and while I'm in Gen Con, running to Gen Con. (laughs) And she she looks back over at the passenger seat and sees your disappearing, (laughs) like, atom-shaped cloud. (laughs) Acme cartoon style. There's the hole you've punched through the car. I mean, to be fair, the prototype has good taste. I'd rather go to the zoo than Gen Con. Oh, well, she was a little pissed at the end of the day. She she told me, go ahead, go and all that. But, you know, I did kind of throw her on a grenade. So if, you, if, you're, if you're getting there Wednesday or Thursday, be prepared to park at the zoo. The people are super cool. Just tell them you're staying for Gen Con. They'll take your money. You park there. It's easy to get out. It's not a very long walk to and from the zoo, so I'd recommend that. And my wife just threw a paper wad and hit me in the back of the head while recording this. So apparently, some scars have not completely healed. I mean, she's not wrong. (laughs) No, she's not. 
Should we do this on the air? Should I get her over here? Like, I'm sorry, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, get her on the air. All right, hold on. Patrick, are you okay with this? Um, I'm okay with it. She's okay with it. <laughs> Andrea, you want to be on my podcast? You don't want to be on my podcast? I was going to apologize to you on the air. It won't be sincere, but I'm trying to make people see. It's It's PR. <laughs> Andrea, you're right. You are in the right here. She said no. Anyway, guys, sorry to take my personal life to to go over <laughs> into that. So, parking's the first thing that stuck out to me as a nightmare. Patrick, what was what was your first big Gen Con slap in the face of reality? Um, the scale of it. I mean, it's something that coming from a small country to a big country, you sort of always get. You know, America is big, um, but. And like I, I grew up. I was raised in a fandom. I've, I've been going to cons since I was a wee lad, uh, and, and fan gatherings of the sort. This is on another scale entirely. I mean, Indianapolis is essentially a convention center that they sort of built a city around. Indeed, you know, it, it, it's one of those places that is always trying to host things, and the, the convention center was huge. The line for will call you cannot see the end of from where you where you join it. Um, because it arcs through again one of these massive fifty-foot-high ceiling clearance, you know, mm-hmm. corridors so wide you could drive an eighteen-wheel down through them, which then bends on a few ways, and then bends again, and you're in this queue for about three hours. It's more people than I'd seen in one place at one time, I think maybe ever. Uh, so yeah, it, it's big, and you know, be prepared for that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people. You need to sort of be aware of your surroundings. You need to be aware of your belongings. Just, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying I had a bad experience there, but just, you know, take any precautions you would when going into a large yeah. environment from people you don't know and can't judge the character of. Yeah. I did the wheel call line. I remember, fuck, man, this is Wednesday. I can remember seeing. Yeah. That's what you did on Wednesday, basically. Yeah. It was outside the building. And I mean, I think the wheel call line begins midway through the con uh, convention center. And it's a rather lengthy convention center to begin with. And it fits. You know, going out the door and wrapping around the street, that's insane. Yeah, I got, I got up, like, nice and early to get a good place in line for, for uh, Will Call and then planned to spend that afternoon um, being kind of touristy and just sightseeing Indianapolis, such as you can do that in Indianapolis. And as I say, I got there about 9 in the morning, and it was just about to hit outside. Wow. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, it fills up fast. Another big thing I hear, and Noah mentioned this, and actually Noah introduced me to this term, con flu. Did you happen to get sick from being around that many people? I or? didn't because I managed to get sick beforehand. Uh, I managed to get like a summer cold the week mm-hmm. or two weeks beforehand, and I was just getting over it as I got to, as I, as I like took my time off work and went on on holiday. Um, so I'd like I'd loaded up with painkillers and 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 you know travel medicine. Yeah, uh, but by the time we got there, like my system was pretty flush with anti- with um, antigens, so I, I was actually okay. It hit me, I think, a little bit when I got back. I may have had the sniffles or something like that. But I mean, like, there's so many people. Hygiene is at varying levels, definitely throughout the course of the day. Yeah. Bring wet wipes. Oh, or, or like hand sanitizer. That's another thing. I had hand sanitizer. Yeah, um, little little bottle of alcoholic gel. They're just you know not necessarily immediately after you touch someone because that's rude. But every few hours, <laughs> just give. Just every few hours, give yourself a, a squeeze and a and a squirt. Yeah, and be mindful when you eat and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. Yeah, it's 
<laughs> what, the squeeze part? What is wrong with what I said? I, I don't understand. Please explain. Uh, Patrick, you, uh, it's okay if you want to give people a squeeze and a squirt. That's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, everyone needs a squeeze and a squirt sometimes, Chris. <laughs> it's true. There's nothing wrong with... There is nothing wrong with a squeeze and a squirt. Yeah. <laughs> very, very... Really, so if you uh, want to make... social for like, giving a hand, uh, giving a hand. I mean, sorry, what we're talking about again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody would like to design our first T-shirt for RPX, if you could do, you know, squeeze it a, qu- a squirt never hurt anybody, or you know, some variation of that, you know, that would be very much appreciated. <laughs> the this is our new sign-off. <laughs> this is RPX, and sometimes you just need a squeeze and a squirt. <laughs> we didn't think this through. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Listen for Chris. We're doing that at the end of this. The I'll tell you the lifesaver for me, Patrick. I'm used to not eating in general, just because. <laughs> you know how Spike carries Chris forward in all all ventures in life. Well, mm-hmm. the people that I work, the school that I work with, they want to charge me like nearly four dollars for a shitty school lunch. Also, you're a living scarecrow, and I'm there's a that. That's true, <laughs> but. So I, I'm not used to eating very much during the course of a day and stuff like that. But I do recommend if you are showing if you're going to Gen Con, man, if you get you a couple boxes of protein bars, they're they're a lifesaver. It's there's so many great places to eat at around Gen Con, and then there's the food trucks that are you know at the other end of the convention center. I mean, there's there's no shortage of food, but there's a shortage of time. And if you're getting in a big line and big events and so forth and so on. It was real handy for me just to be able to reach in the, my bag and pull out a protein bar and eat yeah, that. If you're, when you're sort of sketching out your day, when you're scheduling, like leave a good hour and a half to two hours for lunch. Because yeah. there's lines. <laughs> As we well know, I can't even remember the place we're going to. The Meat Palace, what was it called? Oh, Fogo, Fogo de Chao. Fogo de Chao. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've made reservations uh, for that, so that should be okay. <laughs> okay, so what, what do you guys think Fogo de Chao is? Like what does that mean? Yeah, like what what is the place billed as to you? Brazilian steakhouse? Uh Fogo can't makes me think Fuego makes me think fire. Um de chow, I don't coal fire, call it like you know, coal fire or, or burning fire. Oh god. Oh right. Chris, tell oh, yeah. please tell me don't it, it isn't translated into sheep testicles or something like that. Alright, um so I am married into a Brazilian family. Uh, Fogo de Chao is a Brazilian place. It is called a Chuhascario, Okay. Which is basically a bunch of, well, in Fogo de Chao's case, fake Brazilians walk around with uh, things of meat attached to skewers that look like swords. Mm-hmm. It, it's basically the Brazilian version of a uh, of a buff, of a meat buffet. You know, yeah. And we it's are the going best there to thing. the meats. <laughs> it's the best. God damn, it's so great. Yeah, we've got one really in my office uh, in, in Leeds called Fazenda, and it's it's the the kind of the trendy restaurant in the city. So it's really hard to get tickets, uh, get uh, get seated there. Oh yeah, um, no, they're Wiki- super expensive too. Wikipedia says Fogo de Chao means fire of ground, fire of the ground. So I wasn't far off. <laughs> you had me, man. <laughs> Oh no! Is this going to be like Doom and that bitch? We're going to be ripping and tearing on that steak. <laughs> so, I know there's like a really nice Italian restaurant. If Noah was here, he could tell us because he usually goes to it once 
curve Gen Con visit. And, you know, there's some of the chains like, you know, TGI Fridays or I know that there was... Uh, oh, I like, discovered some very interesting American chains while I, I was wandering around. Steak and Shake. I went to yeah. one of those, which was interesting. Uh, those, I don't think, pair very well. Like, a, a well, first of all, steak burgers are weird. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Steak you, don't, you don't make burgers out of steak. Like... Don't what you don't that defeats the point of mints, and then the other, and, and also like it then is very heavy on your stomach having a burger and a shake. Um, I, I will defend steak and shake in that I do every once in a while I will make a burger out of mints, but that's because I will like buy my own like chuck or roast and then make my own marble. So uh, that's cool. Mm. So if you do steak and shake, was um, well, the one that I ate at was I think spaghetti warehouse because I just found it in plastic because I wasn't feeling I wasn't Ugh. feeling. You know, yeah, that, yeah. That, was right. that was the first that was mistake. Warehouse in the name, that warehouse yeah, in the name. that's not advertising. I think it was a spaghetti, it was a spaghetti warehouse somewhere down in Atlanta, Georgia that I dashed and dined at one time back in the nineties when I didn't have money. So yeah, <laughs> that's my experience. It didn't cost me anything except for I did tip the waiter, so I didn't have didn't, any money, Chris. Didn't cost me anything except my dignity. Uh, no, it was Atlanta. I'm all right. I'm never going back. Well, you t- oh, you no, no, it's Atlanta. It's all right. I don't have any dignity. <laughs> what was that, Patrick? So, hang on. If you're tipping the waiter and also dining and dashing, yeah. Uh, what is what is was that like? Ten percent of zero or fifteen percent <laughs> of zero? Well, we pulled our money together. I think he got a, a handful of ones, but we were coming back from a Gator Mouth concert, which is an old punk band, and we spent all of our money on stuff. So we made sure that guy got paid, but you know, you know. <laughs> I should be mad at you, but I'm sorry. I've done like similar things. <laughs> you know, it's, it's you know, young and dumb. So there you have it, RPX fans. <laughs> I committed a crime once before. Everyone except oh. Noah is a punk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another survival tip uh, I will say is bring remote chargers. Bring like power char- like power oh, sources. God, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Um, you know, you're going to a building full of nerds all of them have devices. So if you're bringing devices as well, like be prepared to shank a bitch for access to a power outlet. Yeah. Uh, those, those will be camped. Um, so, you know, bring one of those 24 hour, uh, things that you can plug your phone into when the, the battery starts dipping, you know, that's, uh, yeah. that's what's about it. I honestly, like the way I did it last year and it worked out great for me. Of course, we're using group me with uh, the rest of the RPPR fans kind of coordinate events and stuff like that. And, you know, you're constantly, your phone's being, you know, pinged and stuff like that. My battery was going real quick. I actually just kept a charger in my backpack and I had a cable running to the phone in my pocket and stuff like that. At one point during the course of all the proceedings, just trying to just leech enough battery off of the thing. But yeah, it's, it's a madhouse for that. So yeah, you definitely want your chargers. I'll tell you something else. And like, I'm doing this this year. I didn't do this last year. Like, you know, if you're buying a soft drink or as I like to call it pop and the rest of the nation wants to call it soda, but Jesus it, Christ, you call it pop. I, that's what we call that's, it. That's here. correct. No, that's, that's correct. not correct. That's wrong. <laughs> oh God. Democracy two, three, two, two against one. It's correct. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, no. You, you don't even fucking live in a democracy. You live in a monarchy, Patrick. So do you. <laughs> no, we live in a dictatorship. <laughs> Oligarchy. That's what it is, Chris. Technically, yeah. it's a kleptocracy, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, so 
soft drinks in general are like super expensive and stuff like that. But I've noticed outside of every panel that you would go to, they have a nice little courteous dispenser. Oh, yes. So I'm going to go complete redneck with this. I mean, you can, you know, again, we've already established, I think already that I don't have shame on things like this. Cause to be honest with you, my opinion is when these fuckers going to see me again, but I'm just going to bring a cup, like one of those nice vacuum sealed insulated cups and i'm mm. just gonna fill it up with water or at least bring like one of those sports bottles or something like yeah, that a travel know? bottle or a walking bottle that would be that would be ideal for that but yeah for real no everyone should who is going to any sort of con is bring a water bottle and note where water fountains are i would even recommend it if you have something that's not going to break the rooms get warm oh god yeah they get warm and then and this like noah told me about this patrick but I didn't really understand it till I saw it. People will black out and fall down in the middle of the con. Or did you I see, see any in the people? middle? I saw I saw people like in the on the little shitty, not quite cushions, not quite chair things, like sprawled out there. But I thought that was mostly like someone been running all night, like um, like not literally running, but you know, going going all night and doing event stuff and just crashed for sleep. I don't know if it was overheating. I think, hmm. but it wouldn't surprise me. If, I've if seen. I think. I think some people like just standing in one space so long with their legs, you know, just rigidly straight, and then them trying to take a step. I've just seen people just crash over. Definitely, you know, pay attention to your stomach if you're hungry and all that, and then you know, sit down if you're tired. There's like you'll never find a nicer bunch of people for you know in general for a con right there. I never had a single bad interaction except for the one guy who inadvertently made fun of my accent or no, he blatantly made fun of my accent, but you know, fuck him too. I mean, Adam, I blatantly make fun of your accent a lot of times. You know me, asshole. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's, you know, it's all in good fun. <laughs> Can you think of any other survival tips, Patrick? No, as you say, um, scheduling is important. So make sure you're scheduling in um, food and rest. If you're worried about this, you know, if you need to keep an eye on your, your diet, if you're going to, um, yeah. But also, like, try, like, it, it's obviously going to be a very careful balance. Like, try and find that balance between, you know, you have plotted out every hour of your day and yeah. you have time for fun because it's, you know, it's a con. People are here to have fun. Yeah. So my schedule this time is going to be a lot looser, actually, than the first year because I came in and this was before I knew you guys particularly well. Like, I'd, I'd only just joined the group me and, and chatting hadn't gone so much and I hadn't, like, started with RPX or anything like that. So, like, this was just me going to a con because I wanted to go to a con. So I, I like, sat down and plugged out the day. And this time, you know, I know you guys more and there's more chances to like hang out. We're talking about yeah. like let's fit and that kind of thing. So I I don't intend to plan that much um around events because, you know, there's gonna be time to hang out and chill and you know, it's a social event and that's a good thing. The nightlife is great. Looking forward to it, man. But like the nightlife is like one of the things that I remember the most. And bless my wife. She took the kids and all that. And she understood this was my vacation and stuff like that. And, you know, I would go back and eat as a family and stuff like that. And then the kids would go to the room and then I would go back out. And, you know, you can, that's where your pickup games, Chris, we were talking about. I, I don't know if I would walk up to a random group of people, but if you have a community or group of people, you know, it's it's easy to find yourself in a game. I've I've seen Jeb and a couple of them. Of course, Jeb from Literary's Fight as well. And I'm sorry, from what podcast about books that you guys like hate? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like he broke broke out a game yeah. of Red Dragon in nice. the new Dark Souls game, the board game. Yeah, um, Laura and Adam from Technical Difficulties. 
um, oh, ran uh, the they last year they play tested their uh, con packet at Gen Con and that was very much like who's near this hotel on the group me uh, in the next you know who's near this hotel in the next twenty minutes and then we turned up and we had a fantastic game. Oh God, I I kept reading about that game on the way back home, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was that was the game where I killed a guy with furborn. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm almost tempted to when I eventually go to Gen Con just to forego all like hanging out with my friends and all you nerds to check out the weirdo social life that happens at cons. Like, there's always a dance. There's always, like, a uh, cosplay parade. Mm-hmm. I did I did catch a cosplay parade last year. It was cool. Yeah. And, you know, the rest of your friends are probably doing the same thing, too. Yeah. Like, we, we really didn't start doing stuff to the evening, and definitely hope Patrick can hang, hang around. I know Greg uh, from Technical Difficulties and uh, Micah, who is... Uh, you'll you'll see him on the uh, recording we're going to post later on for the World Wrestling. Uh, what was that Worldwide West Wrestling game RPG game? He jumped in on it. Was called Worldwide Wrestling Federation or something? Or, or yeah. something just called Worldwide Wrestling? Um, if it's the one I ran, yeah. I wasn't that. So I don't know. it was it's Worldwide Wrestling. It, it's a fun game, but we, we've actually got something like that scheduled. So I mean, and I know nice. that there's a couple other people got things put together. So it's nice. It's, it's, for me, that's what made the con last year. I went up there knowing Noah, and I knew Jen from uh, what's her company, Eccentricities. I, I knew them, but I didn't know them. But when I left, I you know, like I got to know Nathan, I got to know George and Jen, Joe, and a couple other people. You know, friends of Fish. He was awesome. And uh, like I said, last year, one of my biggest regrets is I just remember, <laughs> I never added up two and two on Patrick until, like, I remember you mentioning something in the group me. But well, there's I, a there was a tall British man. Well, I, I can't tell he's tall and British from his text messages. <laughs> but, I, I, but I remember seeing him, and, it, and then I remember seeing when I actually got to know Patrick and I saw his profile picture. I was like, oh, yeah, he was at the Red Marcus panel and, you know, Stuff like that. So, you know, definitely looking forward to making your official acquaintance. Yeah, actually, actually, actually interacting in meat space. Yeah. And, and and we're going to fire in the ground. So yeah. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. So it will be and, a meat space. And meat space. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, I hope you all have a good time. Oh, Chris. Chris, I got you the best gift in the world last year. You know that. I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. <laughs> Dreams in which I'm dying are the All right. Oh god. <laughs> Stop before we have to pay copyright. I did. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's fair to use up yeah. until this point. Yeah, I know. I I tried. <laughs> I I picked him up a um Greg Stosey. I've noticed he fidgets a whole lot during these panels and he was making like swans, like paper mache not mache, origami, excuse me. Origami swans and I packed he he left them on the table and I grabbed them like you know somebody would a rock concert set list on the stage and mailed one to Chris. So with the Gen Con t- uh, information taken care of here, I just wanted to you know share a few little anecdotes and shout outs that I've experienced here lately. First off, I've been playing Persona Five. My God, uh, if you love if you love a Japanese RPG, then this is the game for you. Uh, Patrick, I think you own it as well. I, I do. I, I've not gotten super far into it because not long after I got it, my parents went on a holiday and I had to house it. So I've been away from my PS4 for a while. 
Um, but yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying it. Um, it's got some cool new systems and it like, it looks fantastic. The music's great. Mm. Um, it like goes really dark, really fast. Yeah. Uh, in, in some ways, like the, the foot, I don't know how much in detail we're going to get into this, but like the, the, it, it sort of, it has this inception like plot where you're, you're trying to change people by going into their minds and, and it's all this mm-hmm. twisted psychodrama stuff. And it like, it starts out in this, it's like it like starts out with abusive teacher and goes from there. It's like, um, yeah. Did you maybe build a two <laughs> yeah. implied um, yeah, they go- inappropriate relationship with a student? Kind of <laughs> yeah, they go from zero to sixty. My big, my big experience with that, and I've not completed it yet. I'm at the tail end of it. I know this game's been out for a little while in Japan. Of course, it came out this spring over everywhere else. But I don't know. It, it, there's something about this game. It really it deals with. Ah, uh, you know, you got the subconscious, but there's also this huge media play. A media plays a huge part in this game as you go on. And I don't want to give too much away, but as someone who is went through the most recent election and lives in Trump America, I don't know. There was just something like it's. They didn't know. I know that like they didn't know that things were going to go this way, but at the same time, I mean, I can't help but see similarities with uh, so. I'll I'll say that, and I'll say Patrick. There's a monster on there that's made out of a giant penis. Yeah, he's he's been in the series for a while. Uh, is that Mara? M A R A. Yeah, it's a giant penis in a chariot. <laughs> well, here's the thing with Mara. I was playing a game, and my mother-in-law stopped by, and like Jesus. I was fighting Mara right as my mother-in-law walks in. So we're sitting here, and I'm playing this video game, and she looks at the screen, and I'm fighting a giant penis with wheels, and we really didn't speak about it, you know, but I mean, you have two children, Adam. So, <laughs> so Peter's chariot should be just an old hat. <laughs> oh goodness. But I have to admit, like all I know about persona five is that multiple people have told me that apparently I'm a character in it. I, c- I can see it. It's, it offers. Go ahead. I can see you shouldn't have a cosmetic similarity to the main guy. God damn it. Has that, who has the glasses and the curly hair. Ugh. Do you pop your your collar like a douchebag, Chris? No, I don't wear collars. Okay. Okay. You're good, then. I'll tell you something else I wanted to mention real quick before I move on with it. The only complaint if I could have, and it's really more of a social, and I don't understand, you know, how, I I don't think it translates well going across from one culture to another, but every instance I've noticed in that game of a character who is homosexual, it almost takes on, and it, I, this is something I'm noticing in the, the series in general. Homosexuality is treated almost like a character, I guess you could say, or like, um, there's a few instances that I, you know, I was watching and I was like, wow, okay. And yeah, the Japan and, and Korea and China are still kind of catching up to the West in terms of that. So there is still a lot of sort of the joke character who the punchline is he's gay or that kind of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of that in Persona 4, like transitioning to my recommendation, because I've been replaying the fuck out of Persona 4 Golden. One of the characters there, Kanji, his internal conflict is like this gender confusion slash latent homosexuality thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of like scenes that are kind of played for laughs of the gay panic thing of like, are we okay to be in a tent with you? Yeah, why? You're not going to try anything? Why would I, tr-? you know? Yeah. And, and then like, yeah. Oh. Or like, oh, it's it's the the punchline is that Kanji is sort of into dudes. Like, that's not really a punchline, but yeah, 
otherwise, you know, great game, very interesting character. Oh yeah. So it's terrible. Chris, anything new with you? I've kind of been going back to uh Tim Powers and like weirdo stuff, so uh if none of you have read the the book on Stranger Ti- on Stranger Tides by Tim Powers, uh it was it's a fantastic look at um Unknown Army style uh magic, except in the sixteenth century, and it was one of the main inspirations of the Pirates of the Caribbean. But huh. except instead of being weirdo pulp nonsense, it's quite good. I've always meant to sit down and read Tim Powers. You've recommended him to me to me two or three times in the past and it just never have. But, oh, oh man, no, he's he's a fantastic author. Anything, anything with you, Patrick? Uh yeah, I've been reading um Invisible Cities by Italo Calvino. Who's this oh, uh, Cuban Italian writer? And uh, it's this sort of the frame narrative is Marco Polo uh, in the court of Kublai Khan describing um, cities he's encountered on his travels. Except like it immediately is obvious that this guy's making stuff up or spinning whimsy tales or maybe trying to do kind of um, Aesop's fables and each city is a metaphor because you know he's describing these cities that are like clearly fantastical and don't make sense. And like all have sort of a lot of them have like women's names, so it sort of is this same processing, you know, lost loves. Yeah, it's, oh, it's it's sort of vignettes of very interesting imagery with a sort of loose narrative thread. So it's a very sort of good pick up and put down literary read. Yeah, yeah, it goes even farther than that though. Like it's I'm, I'm not all the way through, so admittedly I don't have a complete. Question. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, there's not really a narrative thread to it. It's a complex idea, but um. It's it's one of those books where you can just open it up at a random page and it will help you come up with with an idea for some sort of thing. In fact, um, there is a, a Dungeon World supplement based on that. It's a uh, the Planar Codex. Yeah, I, I definitely would recommend it for anyone yeah. uh, in, into gaming. It is it is a great resource for GMs because it's 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 just here's a bunch of weird places and it makes it a great creative prompt for that um yeah. i was definitely reading it and because you know big lovecraft found my mind was going this is this is dreamland and to give you an idea of some of the cities he, he describes he talks about one that is like a, a city on a mountain that is reflected in a lake uh, and structured so that no matter where you are you can see your reflection in the lake uh, and then it sort of gets into this idea of you know um, performance and these people who live in the city are sort of you know they're still living the daily life and still committing crimes and murders on, but they're doing so kind of performatively and trying to aesthetically kill each other or aesthetically um, carry out basic commerce or performativity, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or another one is imagine um, a modern city today and then take out every part of every building that isn't pipes, plumbing, or like bathtubs. I was literally just about to bring that up. Yeah. And it's like this, this forest of, of uh, metal and, and porcelain, and it's this place which river nymphs and uh, is it myads, water spirits, naiads, naiads have uh, have sort of colonized, and you can sort of go through and catch these glimpses of you know beautiful ladies uh, reclining in the bath who are made of water. So yeah, it's full of these these literary. I think the same is a uh, is it magical realism uh, yep. imagery. So yeah, it is it is a good read. It is good to to pick up and put down or. Yeah, it's because it's a very thin book. It's it's like 150 pages. You could tear through it in a, in a in an evening if you were dedicated. Awesome! I would definitely have to check that one out. Got one last thing I do briefly want to mention, and I started reading this two days ago, and I'm really enjoying it. I think it popped across my Facebook feed. Of course, I'm subscribed to some of the Lovecraftian 
like, you know, Lovecraft Design and HP Lovecraft Historical Society. I get, so I get their feeds popping up all the time. And they were, one of those feeds recommended Meddling Kids, a novel, which is by Edgar Cantero. And it's so campy. I love it. It's, it is like basically the Scooby-Doo gang. What if, of course, they're on their early teens. What if they, in solving one of their, well, it was old man winners in the, the rubber suit kind of mysteries, they have a brief glimpse or touch of the mythos. And the basic premise is that whatever they encountered at this point in time has ruined their life from that day forward, from, which starts in like 1977 and up to 1990. So 13 years has passed. And the quote-unquote Scooby Gang, which is not the Scooby Gang, but, I mean, you've got the Shaggy character, which actually has the last name Rogers, which I think Shaggy's real name is Norval Rogers. I remember that from watching Mystery, Inc. Yep. There's the Daphne character, Redhead. There's a redheaded woman. There is a Fred character. And then there is the Velma character, which is perhaps the most interesting one there uh, in the whole novel. And then there's Scooby, but dogs don't live that long. So you are actually, it's not the dog that was there. It's his great grandson. So Mm -hmm. you same lineage, same, you know, you can send the papers and stuff like that, you know, but it's them. It's of the do line. Yeah. The, the bloodline but you know so far i'm enjoying it like you know when you're dealing with something kind of campy like that in lovecraft i feel like a little in either direction goes a long way and kind of offsets the balance you know what i mean like so are we going for lovecrafting cosmic horror or are we going for you know slapstick comedy and there's some good marriages i've seen in books like this before like john dies at the end and this book is full of spiders i thought both of those kind of balance the weird and comedy well. And this one, so far, so good. I'm about 100 pages into it. I have uh, 445 pages. So I, at this point, I definitely would recommend it to anyone if you're looking for, you know, something nice. Scooby-Doo and Lovecraft. I'm not going to lie. That's that's a hard thing to do, especially in literature. That's something I've always been interested in. Yeah, it's you're either one thing or you're another. It's hard to yeah. bridge these things that's why I like John dies at the end so much. Uh, I, I was reading that back in 2008 when it was still a uh, in the internet thing. Mm. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I'm so- seeing it online before it was in print. I remember. <laughs> I remember it because I ripped it off for a A level English creative writing paper because it was like and then justifying it and then because it was so new and it's still online. Like I got away with it, uh, except I just confessed to it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I uh, actually wrote about it my freshman year of college when it was in first edition as a thing that people should read because it was weird and interesting. God damn, I'm going to sound like a dick now, but I got to say it. <laughs> so when I was a freshman in college, I found it. But my freshman year and your freshman year are a little bit different, Chris. Yeah, that's uh, like, what, eight years? Uh, it would have been year 2000. So in the year 2000, David Wong was actually publishing chapters of it. It uh, gets before Yeah, no, no. I, I read the book in 2007. <laughs> Like, I have a copy of it. I was drinking beer and smoking cigarettes since I read it, so I was 12, too. No, but <laughs> the you know, the cool thing was David Wong would, I know, kind of went off a path here. David Wong, every, every Halloween, would add to it, and it was on his old website, which was called pointlesswasteoftime.com. 
Yep. And kind of like what Patrick, and this is what amazed me, what Patrick said he did and what you said you did. When I actually took a creative writing course in college, I tried my best to emulate the over-the-top male juvenile humor that, you know, you find in John Dies at the End and stuff like that in my own work. I didn't, you know, I didn't take the plot. I actually tried to make a spy espionage thing, but I was, you know, essentially writing about John Cheese and David Wall, our own technique. So that, that's cool. We're all connected. <laughs> We're all connected by our own immaturity. So as we as we move forward, guys, Patrick, definitely like you to come back and do a post-gen con, just kind of run through the experience, what you picked up, talk about the loot, the goodies, and all that fun stuff sure. with us. And so we'll be dropping that probably in September. I also want to take a moment here later this month. We are dropping the next episode of the Red Marcus 10K Lakes ongoing campaign that will be going out on the 24th. And which one are we up to now? This was yours. I think your episode, the one you ran is going to drop in October, I think. The way I'd have to look at the the tracker, but this is the one yeah. that well, yeah no next one's in uh, the arms of an angel yeah so we got yeah so we're dropping that and you know we've we've had a ton of fun all of us have been in playing it and Chris you've been doing the heavy lifting on all this you've GM'd every game for RPX and one for Tech Diff so I mean thanks. not every game <laughs> not not every game but you you've done every game for us. So Adam, you're yeah, up no, next. Patrick, you no, Patrick, game. Uh, Patrick did one for us. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Patrick, I yeah, didn't mean to slide you. I ran um, the Billion Hands, which oh God. Uh, okay. I, another shout out. Um, I guess we could do is to the podcast um, Knife Point Horror, which are uh, this is a series of uh, short original horror stories by uh, I think his name is Soren Narnia, mm-hmm. which is an amazing. It's a name. really really good podcast. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, but because it's all done under Creative Commons attribution, blah, 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 I adapted one of the stories and uh, it ended up being like, you motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got to got to love it. Well, other than that, like, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, what was our new catchphrase again? Oh, Chris, <laughs> I, I forgot beforehand. I always forget this. Chris, man, what was that beautiful song that I'm going to paste at the beginning and the end of this episode? You mean the song that Patrick hates? Ah, oh, sorry, Patrick. I probably wouldn't mind it as much if the vocalist had a different style. I don't like shrill male voices. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, that that wonderful song that Patrick hates is a critical hit by Ghost Mice. Where can I get the singer? and you can find more of their work and other folk punk goodness on uh, Planet X Rexards (laughs) awesome and just want to kind of do a quick mention you can find us at www.realpointexchange.com or on Facebook at the you know facebook.com slash the Real Point Exchange and there is a Twitter, which is at the Roleplaying Exchange. At the Roleplaying Exchange, I don't run that one there. So you know, you like if you like what you hear, if you like the the content we're producing, please drop by, leave us a nice comment on Apple. Just write it on an Apple, in fact, or drop it on iTunes or anything like that. I would definitely appreciate that. Or you know, visit our website, leave some comments. We'd love to hear from you. And so is it squeeze, tug, squirt? Like what was the or the Sometimes everybody needs a squeeze and a tug. Squeeze and a tug. Uh, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> hey, so. Squeezing a squirt. Squeezing a squirt. There we go. Squeezing oh, a squirt, Chris. We're, we're done. We <laughs> clearly did not think this through. Not all fights are won by skill. Some are won by luck. Don't ever give in. You've got to keep on trying till you lose or you win. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Wait with hope for the big 2-0. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it roll, let it